I'm your host, Mirana Kerner, and I'm here to help you make greater impact by creating transformational products and services that really transform people's lives. I'm here to not just talk about mindset, I'm not just here to talk about strategy, but in this podcast, I want to really empower you and equip you with all you need mindset, strategy, and actionable items in order for you to become a real transformer, in order for you to really build offer products and services that transform people's life and make greater impact in the world. Hello, Ray, and welcome to this new episode of, of this podcast, Profit to Purpose. And today we have uh, Ray with us, who is the founder of the Fashion Pulpit, um, a conscious business, sustainable business. And that's why I wanted to bring really Ray with us here to talk a little bit about the fashion pulpit as well, but also um, what does it mean to really drive a, an impactful business? So welcome, Ray. Tell us about yourself and the fashion pulpit. Hi, Marana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat about what I do at the same time to also just catch up with you because it's been like forever that we have met, um, I mean, post-pandemic. And now it's like it's pretty much, um, you know, we spend time with ourselves. So, yeah, so much for that. So I'm the founder of the Fashion Pulpit. So as what uh, Marana has mentioned, it is... Um, driven by the whole sustainability concept and that's why we've started the whole business so what we do for those of you who have not heard about us we are a clothing swap platform where we maximize the existence of the uh, produced clothes already and give them a second home by swapping and that's the main activity that we do Um, but of course we are also big in educate like awareness of what's happening in the fashion industry so everyone is empowered to have a better judgment on their decision making when purchasing so that's in a nutshell what we do um, what I do in the business does as well yeah so when you work on on such a sustainable business so how do you measure success of your how do you measure the success of your business as i assume it's not like <laughs> like all the organizations who are just driven by you know the the overall dollars or euros that they make like every year but for you because you are working on a, a very really impactful business how do you define the success of your business wow straight right in <laughs> it's a very loaded question because as an organization or as a movement it is what we're trying also to define because yes you're right we have and um there is a structure or a framework that exists to measure success as a business or as an individual but what we're trying to do as what we have started is really to provide an Um, a solution for everyone to dress up while not hurting the planet. So it was never thought about how we would want to measure success. It is um, along the way as we were growing the community, as we are progressing as a business, um, we have 
you know, thought, um, thought about how do we want to measure our success? Because we need to have our own um, metric and measurements for us to be able to measure growth. So we are in that stage of trying to define really what are the measurements that we would want to fulfill for us to say that we are successful. And um, we are focusing in four pillars in, in the whole business. Um, obviously, financial is part of it because that's how we grow as a business and how we scale up the idea so we can serve more people. Mm-hmm. That is one. And of course, environmental aspect to it, like as a business, um, we are trying to save clothes and lessen textile waste. Um, aside from that, the other operation aspect of the business, how are we impacting it? Like the use of plastic or even, you know, the hangers that we use, the racks that we use, and even the paper bags that we use. So it is incorporated in the whole day-to-day process. And we are trying not just to to save clothes, but as as whatever uh, materials or resources that we need, we question ourselves of like, what would be a better way for us to have this kind of resources? So that is the second pillar. And of course, the third one is the community, because we are very much focused on the community and empowering people to have a better decision in their purchasing power. So how do we measure that? Like, you know, that social media is a bit, um, you have a lot of, of, of things or factors that you need to consider. And not just in social media, even with our daily conversations with our community, how do we say that we are indeed changing their habit in swapping and also indeed creating that impact? So th- those are the different things that we put into consideration when we're trying to say that we are creating an impact and for us to translate that into numbers so people would be able to understand that. So that is the third pillar. And the fourth one, of course, is within the team because we cannot serve the people that we are serving or the community if we are not fulfilled personally in what we do and all the basic needs that we want. So we are in that stage of trying to say, trying to figure out like within the team, how do we maximize the talents that we have within the, uh, within the, the team at the same time, help them also learn and grow while the company is growing. It may not necessarily be within the company that they're trying to do, but also the other things that you would want to do in lab that would sparks impact in the other way that they know how. So it's not just about like us trying to do an impact, but also trying to help the people within the team create their own impact. So I think if we are able to figure out and nail the parts of what are the different factors that we're looking in, in the four pillars that we can measure what success is, then I think that is our formula. But as we go on, we're trying to see how are we going to do it and how we are able to um, consider specific factors. Because again, it's a very complex process in trying to define what success is, um, not just you know relying on the conventional way of how we measure success through numbers of like, if you go, you know, if your growth is 10% this year, you need to have 20% next year for you to be considered as success. But um, as a sustainable business, not just in the environmental aspect, but as in a human aspect, how do we incorporate that for us to be able to see that, yes, we are successful. So 
I have no answer, but that's the, the process of how we're thinking to define success yet. Yeah, because that's what I was curious about, because yours is kind of maybe part of the social enterprises, not really pure, pure business. So yours is business for good, not really like a, a, any type of business. So that's why I was curious to explore, like, um, how do these type of businesses define their success? So if, if we just go back a little bit to, to where you began and to where you are today, how you, you started to raise that awareness. So mm -hmm. are you considering today that at least um, in Singapore, People are now aware and, and conscious about environment. If you look at your number of clients, for example. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if, for me, how it all started was really personal. So I was in the fashion industry. I really wanted to just be a fashion designer because I love the creative aspect to it. And then down the line, discovering that fashion is polluting. There's just a lot of behind the curtain that we don't talk about and, and the news media is not covering. So after discovering that, that's where I've started raising awareness because I did not have like a very big aha moment of like discovering that how polluting it is. It was, it was really an accumulative process and information that I got learning the behind the curtains of what, what's happening in the industry. And with that um, experience, I was hoping if I raise awareness and make the information accessible to everyone, they would also have the same reaction towards fashion. That was my hope. I mean, like it, it, it did kind of happen because while doing it, I was um, creating a small community who loves fashion, but at the same time doesn't want to hurt people or the planet while they are dressing up. So that was the whole um, start of trying to build a community who wants to do good but looking good as well. So um, that was the whole um, conversation, you know, from uh, organizing panel discussion and um, documentary screenings from 15 people to 100, 150 people who are attending the event. So it really did, we start small, like we are still is growing, we're not there yet. Um, but I have to say within the five years that we were working in this space, there's so much growth in terms of like awareness, like um, the, the main, the mainstream media who wants, wants, wants um, um, elusive to the whole idea of sustainability is now also talking and even like, you know, Vogue magazine, who is the most um, prominent news media or platform in the fashion industry is already having a sustainability department in, in their whole um, in the whole business because they um, see the benefit of it or they see the need of having such um, person in the company. So like in, in Singapore, again, it, it was never been part of that conversation five years ago. And you can see in response to that, though, again, Again, this is not, there's no specific numbers to give you an idea how much growth we had. But if you are noticing, there's a lot more and more businesses who are popping up that has the cost of like the whole sustainability aspect in different, in different ways. Um, and even the big companies who has never talked about sustainability are 
being are, are like taking part of that conversation. So that is the kind of amount of growth that we have seen in Singapore, and not even like for I mean like not not just for the businesses, like for the consumers itself as well. They may not really fully understand of what's happening in the fashion industry. Um, because again, like it's it's a different scenario in, in in Singapore because we don't have the direct effect, um, the pollution or you know the abuses, the social injustice that fashion is creating. Because you know there's no garment factories here, um, so it, there's a big gap towards that. But everyone is trying to make an effort really to to be part of that conversation or to make an impact. So. Again, no proper numbers, <laughs> but we have seen really, you know, like now we have about um, 2,500 swappers now. Um, when we started, it was just about 30 people who were um, curious about doing um, or or um, interested to do the swapping. So, and, and you can see also there's like small organizations, school-led or like student-led um, swapping events or even individuals are already, you know, um, interested to do it because they see the benefit and the need of having really being, being um, responsible with how we dress up. Yeah. And that 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 sounds interesting. And today you're uh, swapping, so your products. So are they focused on for male only, or we have for both for male and male uh, kids? What is the range of product to kind of see as well? What right. are what is the level of awareness? Like mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like we started uh, really focusing on female clothes because in general. Um, women has more clothes than than men. Like even in the conventional fashion um, platform, we always have like men. Myself would always have you know challenge of finding things um, because we have um, options. But again, it's always it's it is changing. So we started as that, and now we're really making an effort to also grow our menswear because you know men also loves fashion and also dr- loves dressing up. So we would want to give them this kind of platform as well. Kids, um, we have had a lot of feedbacks to do kids. But it's really is complex um, because, you know, they have more ranges, um, especially if you do infants, you know, there's one month to X amount of months. Um, and then, yeah, there's it's it's a neat, it's another monster to tackle. And we have yet even mastered the women's wear um, swapping. So we have space of really trying to create a good foundation in women's wear and also touching men's wear. So when we are able to master that, we are we can easily, you know, um, open up for kids and, you know, um, all, all types of clothing. Okay, good. And, uh, and uh, curious to know, right, what are the main um, roadblocks for people like who want to make impact, but they are kind of, not really taking the step of you know becoming member of of the fashion pulpit. What are really the the most common uh, roadblocks? I lost. I'm losing Mira. Okay, so I, I lost you for a bit, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. So the question is like, what are our roadblocks that we face in terms of our customers who want things to do impact but is unsure. 
Yes. That was correct. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, even before we start um, the, the fashion pulpit, um, we are in the secondhand business and in, in, in not just in Singapore, but in general um, in Asia, we have a lot of work to do in terms of people under negative stigma of secondhand. So there's just a lot of roadblocks for us already to cover in the secondhand market and using swapping as a platform to do that. There's also more challenges that, um, that requires to be uncovered. Um, so one way, um, especially for those who have not experienced um, secondhand shopping, it's always about the question of hygiene at the same time. Now that fashion has become really accessible to all of us and affordable, um, you know, at least in Singapore, uh, most of the MRT station would have malls. And when you just pass by and you know that it's on sale, $5, $10, even if you don't really need them, but because you can, you can easily, you know, um, go to that store and buy something, even if you don't need anything from there. It's just because it's so attractive. And having that kind of price range and having a choice of giving them secondhand that has about the same um, the same price range or even more expensive. Secondhand can sometimes be more expensive. So it's just no brainer for someone who is just um, concerned about, I want to save money and I want to just buy clothes without really thinking the impact of clothes are made and how people are treated when they're making clothes with this kind of price range. If they don't, if they don't consider that they would definitely go for the brand new, why would I go for secondhand? So this is where the education comes of like, yes, we get it that secondhand, I mean, like this first hand is better than secondhand in terms of this situation. But if we consider that the behind the scene of producing it, the resources that we need and the people who made the clothes, it would make sense for you to do secondhand because it still function as it is but at the same time, it gives you the service or the functionality that you need in a shirt. So that that's how we try to convince them to do secondhand like it really helps the whole social media platform tiktok um instagram to um put that message across to different age group and then they will understand even if it's a, it's it, it becomes just a trend for now that people don't really you know dig in deeper of what's happening in the fashion industry they follow that because it's a trend that's that's it's that's a win for us already because even if you're not an environmentalist if you do secondhand you are essentially saving a lot of you know textile waste and carbon footprints if you do if you um patronize um, a produced product as compared to the new ones. So there are, um, those are the roadblocks that we are facing and also trying to explain how the swap works because they understand what swapping is. It's exchanging clothes. It's one is to one. But if you implement a process that they need to pay for that service, at the same time, there is a point system um, that becomes a lot of, of, of processing at the same time, not directly, you know, getting the whole economics of swapping because I like I'm giving you money and then I'm giving you clothes. What it is, what is that for me to gain? 
Yeah. So th- those are the things that sometimes it, it, it becomes sometimes frustrating because um, we have to repeat every time, but we also understand that we are in. I think you are on mute. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. There was someone called me. <laughs> so, <laughs> So we are in that stage of, of, of educating and trying to make it more of a lifestyle and understand on a daily basis that this can happen. And, and swapping is a very experiential um, way for you to be able to understand the whole process. So even if we try our best to, to explain it through our social media, but if you don't really experience it, you would have um somewhat of a challenge to really get the whole process so i think it all boils down to education that's the whole um challenge that we are facing now because um yeah it's sometimes it's not sexy to listen to about textile ways and it's not attractive so not everyone would have time and would have the interest to know more so our 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 role here is to make it sexy and appealing and you know in small by in small bites for for everyone to understand why we're doing this and why everyone should jump into swapping ah yeah, that th- that's interesting because now that I am listening to you, um, so it- it's about swapping. Meaning, I have to bring one to swap with one. It's not like renting. No, so yeah, again, so <laughs> so there is just. Because when we were starting, we could have go to the direction of rental as what you're mentioning. Like we have all the clothes here and then you get whatever you need. You return it when you don't need it anymore. Or we go to a subscription base where you can borrow clothes and return it again. Or we can go to the very proven tested um, formula of the buy and sell where we get your clothes, we buy it, and then we sell it in our platform. So we did not, we did not, go in any of those directions because we want to stick to swapping. So how swapping works is um, if you have clothes that you are no longer using that are still in good condition, you can bring it to us. And by bringing that to us, you your clothes will be evaluated based on the quality, style, and brand. From there, you will earn points. Then the points then becomes our currency. So the currency is what you um, use for you to get clothes from the inventory that we have collected yeah. among the members. So that's that's how it works. And it really is about um, why we're doing it because it creates so much engagement from an individual level of them going through their closet and trying to figure out what are the things that they longer use that they can swap it. And hopefully with that practice, they, they're able to realize the kind of behavior patterns that they, I mean, um, buying behavior patterns that they have when they are like, you know, I'm buying the same dress. And then eventually when they are doing swapping more and more, when they go to a shop and they would be like, you know what, I have bought this before. I've never used this. So I'm not going to do this again. So that is really what we would want to see more why we have chosen the platform of swapping. And again, it's it's just a fun way for us to really maximize the whole existence of, of the produced products already um, and share it within the community. Wow, it sounds a very, very uh, innovative business model, right? Um, yeah. If you 
think that way, we will we will say yes. <laughs> ah, really, really. I think it's because uh, we are kind of familiar with subscription, um, which is kind of familiar, and the buy and sell kind of familiar. But really, that business model of love uh, cir- circularity, not really circularity, but circularity, is is a kind of new, very uh, very innovative and very inspiring, actually. <laughs> Thank you. So but yeah, I have to say we are a high. Okay, I've lost you again. Is it me? Yes, I can hear. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good. So you can <laughs> you can ask questions now. Yeah, so my last question. So the last time we met, it was three years ago. Oh my God, three Two years, years ago. ago. I don't know when. So <laughs> you were preparing for going digital. Right? How did it go? And um, has it changed a lot compared to, you know, the, the physical uh, boutique, what was the buyers, your, your uh, members' reaction? How was the, the scaling of your, your business when, when it went digital? Right. Yes. So, I mean, it, it really, we had, I mean, like within the three years, I think it, it's about two years plus because we're only running three this year. So <laughs> it's only about two years plus when we met um, or even one plus year Um, I think two uh, two two years yeah I think two years um so we were in that stage of because if we're two when we met two we were x months in the business and I think what really happened there was us trying to accelerate the growth and 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 um really trying to save more people um serve more people but not so much of trying to understand um, the need of the existing people within the community. So we did went to digital. We it was very um, it was very manual um, for us. We did not use any platform um, like an app or you know a proper website for us to really um, cater to that need of being in in, in the digital world. But um, we also tested the whole idea of of having a digital swap. Um, It kind of did work for a couple of people, um, for a couple of members. I realized that these members who are um, patronizing the, the online swap are the ones who have been with us since day one, even before the whole fashion pulpit started. So, and there were only like a handful of them. And for it to really sustain, we need to, you know, multiply the handful for us to make the the move or the next move of the business uh, visible or sensible as business. So it was a good decision when we just started it as a trial um, in, in our own website and did not really jump into developing an app or even you know having a proper website that they can do the online swapping. 
when the pandemic happens, that what that's where we also stop, and which is very ironic because we should have just pushed it because no no one was <laughs> was opening. And I think what happened there really it gives us an opportunity to relook our um, business at the same time, what value that we are creating in the community. And most of the feedbacks that we got from the community is they love swapping because of the experience and being in the space and meeting new people in within the community. And if we focus on having it digitalized, we are losing that touch. And again, we are in that early on as a business to you know, expedite the growth of being digital and losing the whole idea of you know, being a community in a physical space. So that is that was one of the focus in in growing the numbers first and getting their trust that you know after after doing it for a while now they can move to the next step which is being digital. So um, it still is definitely part of the plan. Um, we might be doing it this year or you know whenever we're ready or the community is ready. So yeah. People has to still look for that um, online swap swapping, and you know after the pandemic, we know that um, it, physical is no longer enough for us to 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 be to sustain ourselves. We also need to be in the online world. So yeah, we're just trying to um, not wait, but um, have um, more numbers for us to be able to say that we are ready to move to digital. Um, but not closing the physical, but just adding a, a new platform for everyone to swap. So that that what um, that what's like happened in, in within that two years. Yeah, because I was thinking of it. Well, the pandemic hits, the COVID hits. Then I was like, okay, maybe he Ray has moved digital now because all the all the yeah physical stores were were closed. So, what would be your last message to all the artists really that want to launch and create their impactful business here? What would be your your word of wisdom? Honestly, like I've not made, made a dent in, in the industry that I am in. Yeah, so honestly, I am not sure if I'm in a position to really give my wisdom because I'm also like, you know, young in business. So I was saying that um, I think one thing that I have learned along the way is really just having an attitude of, Yes, I can do that because um, especially if you are trying to do something that is considered new thing, there is no roadmap that has been you know, created for you. There is no rope that you have to follow. You have to create your own rope for you to follow. So um, it's, it's very daunting. But you just have to keep going. So that's something that I have learned. I mean, like, you know, you will fall down and, and have commit mistakes and stuff like that. But um, you know that the work is not done. So you just have to continue doing. So that's something that I have learned along the way. And now one thing that I have also learned, because um, there's a lot of like, you know, self-growth sessions that I will be doing that, that, that I do. Um, one thing that I've learned really is also do not, I mean, always have that attitude to um, learn new things, 
and um, you know, trying to discover and make the vision of the business or of the movement clear, clearer every time you have a chance, because that only makes you be able to communicate your message to not to you, not just to your team, but as a whole business. Um, as a whole movement to the whole community so they are also able to understand so defining the value because like when I started I just know that I need to start something and it was not really you know that I believe in empowerment I believe in service but it was you know it was it was that values that I stand for that was that I had never the chance to articulate it until uh, until that I really focus my time in learning those things and learning my drivers and motivations of why I'm doing the business. And if you discover that, and if you have that clarity, you'll be able, you can easily communicate that to the whole team and to the whole community. I think that is something that I have learned recently that was just a big aha moment for me. Ah, so thank you. Thank you so much, Ray, uh, for sharing Lots of, lots of, lots of learning here on uh, impact, on business model, lots to learn from, uh, from young entrepreneurs. So thank you so much uh, for your time.